And uh, remember, like Jess said, she was singing, you got a lion in your lungs. You got, the, you got a lion in your lungs. The power of the Holy Spirit lives in you. Let's pray to the Lord. Father God, we just pray right now in the name of Jesus. With every fiber of our being, Lord God, we ask you to intervene and, uh, and help us and, uh, through your word. Uh, and Lord God, and through an a uplifting message that those who need to be saved will be saved, those who need to join will join, and those who need to be here are here or they're on their way or they're watching on live stream. And we give you the glory for this wonderful church service ahead of time. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let's applaud the Lord, amen. So... We're talking about um, getting back to church and church celebration and the body of Christ and changed lives. So if your life has been changed through Christ or his church, say amen. amen. And, that, and that's why uh, he created the body of Christ is so that we would have fellowship with one another. Turn with me in Proverbs chapter uh, 27, verse 17. Uh, and this is gender friendly. Uh, it says, "Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another." Amen. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you a little bit about it, and then uh, we'll just just kind of let it marinate here. And uh, iron sharpens iron. One man sharpens another. Mankind sharpens another. That's why we go to church, get a little sharper, learn a little more, stay accountable. You all have gifts. Uh, we share them together, and it makes the body really strong. Uh, I'm not going to give it all away because i got a lot of it in the message, but the church is the body of Christ. Uh, changed lives is why we come. If we didn't believe our life could be changed, we wouldn't even come. Uh, but we believe through that. Well, let me just talk to you if you've ever used a pair of dull scissors. Have you ever used a pair of dull scissors? You ever, you ever used a dull axe? If you ever used a dull knife, don't hand it to me. Don't hand me a dull pocket knife. I'm trying to cut a piece of rope. Somebody ever give you a dang dull pocket? I don't even know why you carry it if you're not going to sharpen it. If you got a hay disc mower, it's, it's got the blades have got to be sharp or it won't cut the hay. It's the same with the body of Christ. We got to stay sharp. We got to get together and sharpen one another. Have you been reading your Bible? Do I need to send you something? And, and like coming up at the men's retreat, when we get out there to the farm, since it's a men's retreat, we'll treat each other like men. And we can hold each other accountable. When you've done church, as long as we've done church with one another, you don't have to go through the, uh, the, the coddling process. Amen? Yeah. You can kind of just go up there and tell them what you think. That's part of what a men's retreat's about, amen, is holding men accountable. And we believe that when men are accountable, the church grows, and the church grows, the community is affected, families and lives are changed. So we want to stay sharp. Look at your neighbor and say, sharpen up, Jack. You remember when your grandpa used to sharpen the shovel with the file, put it in the vise, and he'd sharpen it? Now kids, if they got a dull shovel, they just throw it away and buy a new one. Well, you can't throw the church of God away. It needs to be sharpened up a little bit. Somebody got to shout a little bit in the church. 
So each part has uh, each each part of the body has a specific uh, thing that it's supposed to be doing, and we'll talk about that. So I want to take this time uh, to pray for uh, some particular members of this church who have uh, just blessed me just tremendously. And uh, they're going to be leaving. Uh, God's called them to a, another state, so my prayer is they uh, find another great home where they go. Uh, so I'm going to ask Jody and Wes to come up here and just sit right here so I can pray for you. Uh, so Jody and Wes S. Rove. So, yeah, that's super embarrassing, but <laughs> Wes is like, oh, man, I can't believe he called me up here. Do you know that these guys are just, they're wonderful people. I, I, I hope that the church they go to, and they're, they've already checked them out. I, I talked to Jody and Wes a couple weeks ago, and whoever gets these guys, is going to get some salty people. They're, they're good people. They love Jesus. They work hard. Um, so would you stretch your hand out as we pray for these brothers and sisters? Lord, I just want to pray for Jody and Wes, Lord, and they're irreplaceable. And I'm glad... I'm glad that you sent them to us. And I pray uh, a safe travel for them. And Lord God, that the church that they end up in would realize the, the jewels and the treasure that these people truly are. So Lord God, today too also at the same time, I'd like you to bless our offering today. And uh, know that the body of Christ is stronger because of this family. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So let's applaud the Lord. Come on by and see Jody and Wes here at the same time. Come on by, everybody. Let's put on a little music while everybody comes up and uh, sends them a, a goodbye. So God bless you all. Thank you guys for being such a wonderful church. God bless you guys.
Or let's give it up for Jody and West Sass Road. God bless you. We love you. All that being said, let the offering be taken up. God bless you all. Thank you so much. Um, so getting back to uh, the body of Christ and it's, there's changed lives and we're starting something new here at the 10 o'clock service. At the end of the service, we're going to do a two-minute testimony and Pastor Aaron and Jess are doing the first one. So I think it'll be awesome. And if you feel inspired to do that, let us know and we'll video you and put you up here because changed lives are what it's all That's what it's all about, Amen. relations. You know, I, I think about, um, and I was, I was telling the church last night when we were in Winfield and that New Salem church where we meet at up there, um, they've been there since the 1800s. And there's, can you imagine, and I'm trying to set this up for you, can you imagine the stories, Wes, that are in that church and in this church? And I think about that, and, 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 and I always mention all you, all you seniors, you guys are wonderful. I just got to say, you know, Terry and Trudy and Barb and the Arntz and, and Pastor Jay, everybody, and, and the Culps, I use you guys in all these messages. But do you realize the relationships that are built at churches? Church, they last forever. Yeah. You, you remember the Sunday school songs and the VBS, and I was surprised that I was at a, a volleyball game the other day, and one of the kids had VBS songs on their phone from years ago and, and and the mom goes she plays this all the time that's what that's what church is about that's what Christ is about and everybody has a part uh, in the body of Jesus Christ amen, amen. if you're born again and uh and and I think it's obviously it's got to be very fitting uh with Jody and Wes being here and, and going and all that kind of stuff. And that's part of life too is, is coming and going. And you hope that and you believe that they'll find a church. It won't be as good as ours, but it'll still be. I had to say that. No, you want it to. I, I hope it is. I hope it's better than ours. And uh, because you want them to have the experience that you guys have every Saturday and Sunday when you walk in, a, uh, walk in, in into one of our church services. And there's a lot of great churches all over the country. And you, your kids should be in those churches. Amen. You want them to have those relationships. Um, so I was at the bike rodeo uh, yesterday at North, and that's been kind of like a, a fixture forever at Have Bible and guys riding bikes and with their wives and picking up stuffed animals and putting balls on tops of cones. And uh, what I like also about it, not just the motorcycles, but I love the baked goods. <laughs> I've just, I, I never seen so many baked goods in all my, I don't know what the heck they did, but we surely didn't eat all them. But I mean, there were baked goods everywhere. I know some of them, we took some of them out to uh, the Winfield campus and just put them out there. And I already ordered donuts because I said, this is going to be get back to uh, church Sunday celebration. I mean, there was sugar all over the place. It was a crazy. And I mean, we made sure that the kids ate. They're not my kids. So I just said, eat up. Give them coffee too. I, I'm, I'm being honest. These kids were running around like they were plugged into a wall socket. 
I won't even, I mean, it's the craziest thing, but, but do you think those kids are going to remember that the rest of their lives? Running around in a gym and Pastor Pat said, we can have as many donuts as we want here. I mean, it was just, I, I don't know. I just, I think that way. So um, maybe it's still a little kid at heart here. Amen. So it's about talented, sharp people and, and, and uh, your kids growing up in the church. And, uh, and I, I just, I, I look and I look at, I see the faces and I think, why would Mr. Cope ever want to play golf with BC? It's because they're like-minded in Christ. So it don't matter how old you are. And I think those, those are relationships that are going to last forever. The pillow ministry and the boxing ministry and all the different ministry, people are going to remember all this stuff the rest of their lives. Motorcycle ministry and all that kind of stuff. Aren't you glad that you're at church today? It's just building some more memories. Hallelujah. Give it up to the Lord one time for the heck of it. All right. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to read verses 4 through 31. And I am so pumped about this uh, two-minute testimony, and it's, it's going to be awesome. So... We're a bunch of talented people to get together to change lives, and uh, sharp tools are a lot easier to use than dull tools, Uh, and we know that that's a fact, so let's sharpen each other, amen? So the Apostle Paul's talking to the church, and uh, this church in Corinth had, I think they had a lot of problems, but one of their big problems was they were jealous of somebody else. They were just jealous of the gift they had or, oh, I wish I was in Sunday school. I wish I was teaching this. I was teaching that. You may not be the teacher. You may be another part of the body, and that's okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, anyways, I'm not going to do it. I got it. So it says, now there are a variety of gifts. I'm in 12.4, but the same spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And at any time, if you agree with any of this, just say amen. And be thinking about... The years, Barb and Copes and Arnts and Lupkeys and everything, remember the moves they had to make and Pastor Jay, all the moves they had to make to keep the church going on. A lot of them were uncomfortable and, and, and all that, but that's okay. That's part of life. There's some uncomfortableness in life. Teach your kids that. It won't always be a, a rose garden. Because I'm going to get ready to throw up some stats. So when I ask you, uh, I, want you to, I want you to remember this. There's a variety of services, but the same Lord, verse 6. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit uh, for the common good. For to one is given through the spirit of utterance of wisdom and to the other utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by one spirit to another working of miracles and to another prophecy to another the ability to distinguish between spirits to another various kinds of tongues and to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one spirit who apportions to each one individually as he will. So he gives them to you as he sees fit. He won't give you anything else if you haven't used what you've already supposed to be using. So when your plate's clean, you'll get more. 
And, and I know the plate clean is, is completely out of style now. We don't even talk about the plate being cleaned. But maybe that's the problem why we're where we're at. Ask me to give you a stat. Well, okay. Back in 1946, when the builder generation started, two-thirds of those adults throughout the whole country of the United States of America were Christians. They had church membership somewhere, and they were, uh, were Christians. And they were building churches all over the place, and you're, you're in one because they built it. Amen? I just wonder if the, the, the millennial generation would be able to construct and build a church on a corner someplace. We'll move on. So now we, we end up with a bunch of millennials. There's 80 million millennials. 80 million. Facts are our friends. So this is all about lifting up the body of Christ, and it's not a doomsday message, just that these are the facts of life. So out of the 80 million of the millennials, those who were born between 1980 and 2000, guess how many are Christians out of the 80 million? 15%. Every church service has said the same thing. Lupke, so we've went somewhere with the guys who used to build and men were men and sweated and laid brick and, and dug and, and raised money and did church campaigns over and over to build churches all over America. Two-thirds of them were Christian. Two-thirds were the body of Christ. And now we're at a place where we have 80 million millennials and only 15% are Christians. Who's going to build? Forget about building. Who's going to occupy? We can't get them to occupy the churches we've already built. We got a crisis in America, and it's time for the church to wake up. And if you believe it, say amen. amen. Who's going to occupy the halls of Congress and our local governments and our school boards? Can I keep going? If we don't start getting some of these kids born again, we're going to end up with heathens everywhere we look. Um. So we need to use these gifts that God has given us. And as we go on, go to 12, 12, for just as the body is one and many members and all the members of the body, though are many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we're all baptized into one body, Jews, Greeks, slaves are free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of, of one member but many. If the foot should say... Because I'm not a hand, do I not belong to the body? So let me tell you something about when people don't show up and people don't occupy the churches. The church gets hobbled. Say it with me, hobble. Most people don't know what hobbles are, but hobbles are something you put on the front of horses' legs so they don't run off. And it might be good for horses that are grazing out in the field so you don't lose them, but it's horrible for the church if the church hobbles along. You ever, I don't know if, has anybody ever been injured in the church before at a hangnail or anything? Good, we got three people. Anybody ever been in the hospital before? How about that? So let me tell you something. So uh, this is what the body of Christ looks like when, when you have, just look at your own body, whether you had a, an arm issue or you, or you had an elbow issue or a neck issue or anybody have any back issues or ever broke their ankle or had their foot in a cast. You know, when, it, when you have your foot in a cast, you kind of just drag it along. You just drag it along. And after you drag the foot along for a while, the back starts hurting. I'll go over here. I said the back starts hurting. 
And, and, if you, and if you fell and you hurt your arm, next thing you know, your neck hurts. And if you're a guy, if you've stubbed your toe, <laughs> you ever notice that about the dudes? The girls are like, why don't you try giving birth? <laughs> I mean, dudes like, he goes, I'm injured. And they'll, they'll come and they'll put the whole ritz on, ladies. They go, what's wrong? Oh, I stubbed my toe last night. I mean, it's a crisis. I, every once in a while, I'm, I'm kind of a baby. If I, I'm, I'm blessed, I'm rarely ever sick. But when I get sick, oh, man, I want everybody to know about it. <laughs> Ladies, come on, you're married to them. I always tell my wife, I go, dear, if I get through this, I want you to know. She goes, you just got the sniffles. It's okay. Don't act like you ain't married to that dude. He's all, yeah, he's out here. He's all. And he goes, <laughs> will, you, will you stay here? <laughs> I don't know if I can make it. <laughs> Amen. Everybody's got a part in the body. But I don't even talk about your mom coming over to bring you something. Back when I was sick, every once in a while, my mom would bring something over. <laughs> my wife would go, are you kidding me right now? That's my little boy. <laughs> Moms have a part in the body of Christ. And, and, you know, the chicken soup and everything. And even if it doesn't, you believe if you eat mom's chicken soup, there's some healing properties in it. Somebody ought to talk back to me a little bit. Just say, oh, yeah, she, if she brings that up, Mom, could you bring some chicken, chicken noodle soup over? And put it in my little bowl that I like. Come on, say it with me. Put it in that little bowl, that little bowl, like a sippy cup. Get a sippy cup. Tommy Tippy. Amen. But moms have a, a, a place in the in the body of Christ. For in one spirit we're all baptized into one body, Jews, Greeks, slaves. Are free and all were made to drink of one spirit, for the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot should say, Because I'm not a hand, do I not belong to the body, that would make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I'm not the eye, do I not belong to the body, that would make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, were there, where would the sense of hearing? The whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell? But as it is, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. And if all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head or feet saying, I have no need of you. Just because you're not the loud part of the body of Christ don't mean uh, that you're not the essential part. You know, I remember... <laughs> I remember back when we kind of just first started the church and, you know, we didn't, we didn't have any money because everybody I witnessed to for the most part were bikers. So it was kind of a biker church. And if you know anything, usually bikers don't have any money. That's why they ride motorcycles. <laughs> Amen. So we had to get everybody involved in the church. There had to be the doers of the church, the people that supported the church, and everywhere in between. So if somebody don't look like you, there's a reason why they don't look like you. Amen? Because if they all look like me and you, it'd be a boring place, I'll be honest with you. 
So there's all people. Let's slide down to verse 28. If one member suffers, all suffer together. So if somebody's going through something, we as a church need to go through it with them. And I'll give you an example. And, and, and uh, John Cordick's mom, Connie, she died the other night. And John's a member of Have Bible and has for a long time up at North and this, that, and the other. And I called him the other night. And I just wanted to, I just called him before I went to bed because I know that, I, class, I know that he was suffering because his mom had passed away. Is anybody, if you've ever lost any, and here's the thing, as the body of Christ, I don't call him to fix him or give him a scripture or here's what you need to do. I just call him and go, you know what, man? I'm with you. Say that with me. I'm with you. Don't fix him. Don't fix him. There's no possible way that you and I can fix anybody because if we could, Pam, we'd fix our... We'd fix ourselves first and then all that. So before you, go ahead, go ahead. Before you go around and start fixing other people, make sure you're fixed first. And I know you're wanting to text that out right now. Oh, girl, you need to fix yourself and your family. Verse 28, and God has appointed in the church first apostles, the second prophet, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing and helping administration of various tongues are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts and I will show you still more excellent way. Say this with me, excellent way. I wonder what the excellent way is. I know, I know what the excellent way probably is, love. It's probably force. Here's what we'll do. We're going to start forcing people to do things. No, 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 look at me for a second. Church, this is what we're going to do. This is a good idea. Wes, we're going to force you to do something. Well, I knew when Wes come out to my farm for a men's retreat, he, he rode his motorcycle all the way out there, and he had his tent on the back of his motorcycle. I knew you wasn't going to force Wes to do anything. <laughs> do that with me. You ain't going to force him to do anything. <laughs> Is it okay? And, and then he come back the year after that, and we had, it was like tornado conditions. No, they were afraid to drive their trucks out to my farm. Guess what? Wes rode his motorcycle, and he had his tent on the back. And everybody in the whole place goes, oh, Wes, you don't, need to, you don't need to ride that home. He goes, oh, I'm going to ride it home. Amen. Say it with me, class. You can't force Wes to do anything. Say <laughs> and, that's, and that's not how the real world works. Big Steve, I know what they're trying to do now is force everybody and force agendas to do it this way. But you and I both know that force doesn't work. It never has worked. And that's why we live in the United States of America. Because force, force just don't work. You can't force me to do something I don't want to do. You ever tried to get a mule to do something you didn't want it to do? He ain't going to move. Because that's his mentality, and that's the mentality God gave free-loving, Bible-believing Christians in America is, is a spirit of freedom, and we can't be forced to do anything. And ask me, say, well, how does it work? 
That's why I'm getting ready to read chapter 13 to you. And that's the love chapter. These, this is the more excellent way that he talks about when he stops it. Chapter 12, and I know some of you guys just believe it's for weddings. It's not. But it's also a wedding between God's people and his bride. Or the bridegroom, rather. Jesus being the bridegroom and his church being the bride. It says, if I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. So that means if I got out there and I did all this stuff and I haven't loved, he says, I really haven't done anything. And if I have prophetic powers and I understand all, and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so to remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and deliver up my body to be burned, but I have not love, I gain nothing. Say this with me, love is patience. And kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. Now I want you to rise with me. And I just, right where you, you don't even got to move, you ain't even got to say it. I just want you to turn your head just to and fro and just kind of look around. So this is what the body of Christ looks like. And we didn't make or mandate anybody to be here. They came here because they wanted to be here because they love worshiping the Lord. Nobody forced you because it don't work that way. That's not what love is. You can't take it by force. In the Lord's army, it's a bunch of people who have gathered together because they love Jesus Christ and they realize they're called to love people and not like people because it doesn't work any other way. I love the body of Christ. And I, and I don't think I understand it as much as I should because I look back when I first got born again and I remember the first men's retreat I ever went on. I went with a bunch of people and we I think we ended up in Kansas City and one of my buddies, Rick McReynolds, he owned Max Gym back then, long time ago. And, and we were just all on motorcycles. All I cared about was being on motorcycle and I was born again. I didn't care. I didn't, didn't understand church structure and what God's promise for all mankind really was you know when you're immature in Christ back then you're not really sure you know Jesus lives in you but I was still working that out and you can drop the lights down there Jackie I was still working that out but I wore a shirt he handed shirts out to everybody we was all riding motorcycles and there was all kinds of things going on with the guys back then. One guy's bike broke down and we were stuck in an elevator. And I'll be real honest, I'm claustrophobic. And we're stuck in that elevator and our buddies on the other side of the elevator will go, hand me your phone and we'll call for help. You'll get it in a minute. But on the shirt, it says Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. So we went through the, the breakdown of the motorcycle, and they actually rebuilt the motorcycle in Sedalia so we could go out to Kansas. We all stayed there. 
And the guy says, you know, if you guys can all wait around, I'll rebuild the motor. And then I'll send you guys on. We all waited. We were all inconvenienced. It stunk because we wanted to get there. I think it took us about 12 hours or 13 hours to get to Kansas City from St. Louis. But you know something, Mickey? It all stunk together. That's what the body is. They love each other. They don't understand all what it means to be sharper and everything. Maybe the body of Christ isn't as complicated as we make it out to be. Maybe we just need to get back to keeping it simple and loving each other and being genuine. It doesn't rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Endures. Say endures. Oh, Lord Jesus. Do you know what it's like enduring with the body of Christ? Cherry. Is there some that are little and some that are big and, and all different kinds? I went into my uh, wife's office. I seen a picture of me and three of my friends Dave and Timmy and Brett and Brett had his arm on my shoulder like him are parts of the body of Christ highs and lows good and bad Wes and Jody all play a significant part in the body of Christ have to be born again don't have to understand it I can't explain it all really But I know it's real and I know it exists because I keep coming back every Saturday and every Sunday. I just keep going back. And I'll leave you with this one before we go. So right after I became part of the body of Christ, I didn't know that God would put me on assignment so we would meet at different places in this particular night. We was at a tattoo parlor over in Edmondson, Woodson Terrace. And we're doing uh, we're doing Bible study there and then this young man walked in. I don't know why he was there or whatever. I've, I know now that God sent him there. And uh, he came in the tattoo parlor 
and I seen it. He was crying. He's a young man. He was probably about 25. And I got up out of my chair, and I said, what the heck's going on with you, man? He said, well, my son was just shot. Must have been a young baby, maybe even. Don't know. I'll just assume if his age is 25 or 30, your son probably 5 or 10. He says, my son was shot and killed. And uh, I've experienced loss at that time. And uh, I said, well, what can I do for her? I went outside with him. I'm just telling you this because you never know when the body of Christ is going to have to come into action. But God's got you in different places. He's got Jody and Wes, and they'll be somewhere, and, and they'll be at the right place for the people who need help. And this young man says, I'm going to his funeral, and I don't have anything to wear. And he goes, I'd like to have a suit on. When we bury him. I said, well, all I got on me is $100. I'll give it to you if you tell me that's what you're using it for. And I gave him the money. And he hugged me. And I never heard from him again for a while. And then one day I was on a job. He called me on my phone, my cell phone. He said, I just want to thank you. I went to that funeral and I did wear that suit that you gave me the money for. And then from that moment on, I knew how much I loved the body of Christ. It grows on you. This body has grown on me and you in this community. It gets on you and you realize today that my purpose is far bigger than just showing up. I'm an active member of the body of Christ. I have a job. I have an assignment. Lives are changed here. Families are raised here. We defeat the wiles of the devil at this church through the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to pray for you today. And I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Have you ever been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ? I don't know if that young man ever came to Christ, but Franny, I was hoping through the act that God put on my heart that somehow he would look at my life and go, that guy's got to be a Christian. Because we didn't even look alike. But we were still willing to embrace and help one another. So when you're born again, you take on the agenda of Jesus Christ himself by being filled with the Holy Spirit. You'll do things you never thought you would do. You'll you'll be helping people, talking to people that you ain't got anything in common with except one thing, Michael. It's Jesus himself. Just Christ. That's enough. So I'm going to pray for your salvation first. Do you guys got any memories in this church at all? Any at all? Yeah, I remember when I first came and people would tell me that. I remember when so-and-so met me and Jim and everybody that met me and I was here. 
Remember that when they met you? You're like, oh man, that was great. They met me here. They met me in the hall. They met me in the park. They met me in the same. They invited me. Man, I want to be part of that deal. First, be born again. Give your life to Jesus. Just, just that hand, raise your hand. I want, I want to be saved. I want God to be my Lord and my Savior today. Or maybe you need to be baptized or you need to be, want to join the church, officially join. Say, I want to be part of that. I'm going to put a stake in the ground. I'm going to help grow that church. I'm going to, I'm going to help because I believe that lives are changed. Lives are changed at this church and churches all across America through God Almighty and the power of His Holy Spirit. So if that's you today, let me pray for you. Bow with me. And if you're next to someone that you know who it is, that you're just kind of glad to see, you can't believe they made it or whatever, put your hand on their shoulder. Just, just put your hand on their shoulder. Doesn't it feel good to be in the house of God? Larry, it's a good place. It is such a good place. Father God, I want to pray for my brothers and sisters. Lord, today I want to pray for a single mom who needs help, who needs Jesus. She's traveling out there to and fro trying to find her way in a chaos world. I want to pray for a dad, a sister, or a brother today, a grandma or a grandpa who's having trouble finding their way today. You know, one of those children, church, that I'm praying for today, it might be your children out there. And if you believe that could be them out there, that this prayer is going out, would you just raise your hand and say, I pray that you send forth the power of the Holy Spirit to just touch that child. Touch that man. Touch that woman. Who am I talking to today, church? There's somebody in this body of Christ today that needs to be born again. Would you believe with me? I can see it in my spirit. I'm just going to give you one more opportunity and don't let the devil steal. Would you like to be saved by the blood of Jesus Christ? Just get out of the, just get out, tell your neighbor to get out of the way. I ought to come down. I need to give my life to Christ. I want to be part of the body. I want to be part of the solution and not the problem anymore. We pray all this today in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said amen. Let's celebrate with applause. Here's your two-minute testimony. Sit down for two minutes and listen to this. Go ahead, roll it. Hey, guys, Pastor Aaron and my wonderful wife, Jessica, here. And this is our two-minute testimony. Uh, I'm going to let my wife start with her testimony because mine kind of starts off right in the middle of hers. Yep. 
So um, my testimony is basically I, I had worked in a secular job um, and I was sick all the time. I found out I had Crohn's disease in about two at about 2008, I think it was. Um, and I was very sick through 2008 to 2009. Um, and I, I just didn't want to go to work. I didn't want to get up. I, I was, um, dealing with a lot of pain and, um, anxiety. And I finally, uh, I, I found out that there was an opportunity at church to work there. And I, I just jumped on it and I was like, yep. And I have not been sick since. Um, I did have a surgery in 2009, but I gave my, um, my sickness over to the Lord. Um, and he has just blessed that, um, he's blessed that in my life. So I, I want to go to work. I want to be with the people I am and I've made so many wonderful friendships. Um, and they just keep me going. Uh, so yeah, so my testimony, um, a lot of you guys probably have heard it, you know, I've shared at men's retreats and whatnot, but, um, being in the Marine Corps and going overseas, uh, quite a few times when I came home. Uh, there's obviously a lot of stuff that I struggled with, um, and fear, depression, anxiety, a lot of stuff that you guys may be going through, uh, these days. And, um, I tried to drink it all the way. I tried to party it all the way. I tried to fight it all the way and it just left me more empty. Uh, my sister ended up inviting me to church. Uh, it took me about a year to go, uh, but I finally show up and I see this beautiful blonde sitting in the pews. And I'm like, all right, maybe I might come back a couple more times. Um, and the more and more I came back, uh, obviously I sat in the back row. I didn't want anybody talking to me. Don't look at me. Um, and what it was, it was through the power of the Holy Spirit and the love of the people that have Bible. Uh, they didn't judge me. They didn't shun me. They didn't look down on me. They just loved on me. Amen. And that's where I started to see the love of Christ was through the people that have Bible and through the love of my wife. And um, when I gave to my life to the Lord, I haven't looked back. Um, and he's done nothing but bless us and our children. And um, guys, I hope you can find that too in the love of Jesus and Amen. through our church have Bible. Uh, so that's our two minute testimony. Now, guys, go out and uh, find somebody to share your testimony with and share the love of Jesus Christ. And uh, remember one thing. Have a great day in the Lord. Amen.